You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here again. Um, is it Justin? It is. It is good to be here. It's been um, a rough few days. Oh, whoa. Oh, that's, too, that's way too loud. <laughs> Sorry about um, that. Yeah, it, uh, not, the weekend did not get off to the start that we, that we wanted, but um, hey, you know what? That, that happens sometimes, and... Uh, you know, good or bad, we're we're here to kind of, uh, you know, rip that Band-Aid off and talk about it again, because that's the pickup everybody needs on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, get ready for the work week. Come on and listen to the Bulldog Hour as we're uh, real Debbie Downers here. But, you know, unfortunately, it was a Wilson loss Friday night, but because it uh, the Bulldogs didn't emerge victorious, it means that Paul Roberts must be joining us. So, uh, yes, uh, can't do this without a, a guest here for this episode, Paul. So uh, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, this is uh, three for three that I'm running into Joe Mays. <laughs> right, Friday yeah, at the Wilson game, whew. Saturday at the Y missing game, and now tonight. So so when Joe said it's a rough weekend, it really was for Paul, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you have to see me three days in a row, just ask usually my, my dad, sister, or wife. Hey, you know, all of them would say it's pretty rough to deal with Joey for three days. Yes. And James Franklin did ask me if Joe Joe was signing <laughs> yesterday, and I said, "For you, James, it's free." It was, exactly, yeah. Uh, but that was fun, Paul. It was it was great to see you over at the game yesterday? Was my first uh, first game over there at the A field where I wasn't coaching a middle school team. So it was fun, you know. Uh, coach Steve O'Neill, why missing offensive line coach? He and I connected a few years back. Uh, just want to kind of reciprocate the mutual respect uh, for, you know, Burke's football team. So uh, we've been talking over the years. He's been on, um, well, I guess he wasn't on the Bulldog Hour with us, but he's been on uh, the Joe Mays and J-Raff show to talk uh, pro football. And it it moved into high school football as, of co- well, why wouldn't it? Right. Um, so I finally got the opportunity to go and see him. Uh, but much like you, Paul, um, Coach O'Neill is a slippery slope with us because every time he's come watch Wilson play, they lost. Really? So, yeah, I think he's 0-4, he told me, 0-4. I thought he was only 0-2. Here he's 0-4. So wow. I kindly asked him to never come and watch Wilson play again. Yeah, pictures so. going up at the ticket booth. Like, <laughs> yeah. right there. Did you see this man? Do not allow entry. Thanks for coming. Don't ever come back. <laughs> right? You can buy a ticket, but you cannot set foot inside Gursky Stadium. Thank you. Uh, but no, all in good fun. Uh, it was a great time over there uh, at Wine Missing yesterday. Uh, and, and Justin texted me right after you took my picture paul justin texted me and was like it's the weather you wanted last saturday at mifflin i'm like yes it is and i will take full advantage of it uh and and it was a lot of fun i got a lot of great pictures and uh i don't wish wilson to play on saturday but that light is fantastic fantastic so all right well Paul here from BerkSportsReport.com. And Paul, you saved us last week with your uh, interview with Eddie Case because we didn't stop for interviews because I was having a migraine headache and needed to get out of there. Um, so we uh, we sent everyone to your website oh, to, nice. to hear, uh, hear Eddie uh, talk with you after the Mifflin game. 
Um, no interviews tonight from us because uh, we we don't we don't interrupt the uh, post game flow uh, following a loss. So hopefully we will catch up with the Bulldogs Friday night down in Millersville as the uh, Wilson's eighth game is against Penn Matter. We will preview that one at the end of this show. But up first will be the discussion of the game against Hempfield Friday night. Um, but let's let's quick take care of our, our little bit of house housekeeping here at the beginning. And remind everyone that this show is sponsored and presented by May Sandwich Shop. Uh, big thanks to uh, my dad, uh, Bill Mays. I don't want to recognize him because he's going to beat me in fantasy football this week, which is just <laughs> one of the other compounding issues um, with my sports rooting interest this weekend. Thankfully, Penn State couldn't lose. Um, otherwise, it could have been real bad. Although the Phillies, who I'm choosing to represent at the moment, are the, like, the saving grace for me uh, at this moment. But yes, thanks to May Sandwich Shop and my dad. Uh, and also our other sponsors, Mike Drago and MikeDragoSports.com, The Hop Family, Andy Her, who we got to reach out to, see if we're going to get to see Andy Friday yeah, night. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't at a high school game on Friday night, but he saw his boys, the Huskers, <laughs> uh, win in New Jersey. And, is, and didn't he, I think he said he, he's watched uh, his Huskers beat uh, a bunch of um, – Burks County, no, LL League quarterbacks, yes, right? Yes, and now we got yes. to watch Nebraska beat Evan Simon and, and Rutgers. So. But did not cover. <laughs> Coming from someone who had Rutgers plus three. Oh, <laughs> man. Is that, a bad, is that classified as a bad beat or just an unfortunate no, beat? No, I know. They, they covered. So. Oh, yeah, they did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rutgers. Okay. He had Rutgers. Oh, he had yeah, Rutgers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, good. Had to sweat it out. Congratulations. But, you know, when you take Rutgers, that's, you expect to sweat it out a little bit. <laughs> Um, also thanks to our six anonymous donors as well we appreciate the support as always so um, there are many ways you can support us again sponsorships advertising those in-kind donations but please do visit bulldoghour.com and justin's favorite yeah like and share yeah you, um, you, you see the stuff uh, you know you can let us know but also spread the word um, just helps get the word out there just like Again, we didn't. We don't have the interview here, but I believe Paul, you interview, interviewed Coach Doms after the game, right? Yeah, so, so that's on. The oh yeah, I have it pulled up over here. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, there it is. I was huh? gonna gonna show that while Paul was talking later, but I'll th- throw it up there right now, so you can see the link to uh, Paul's website, BurksSportsReport.com. Um, and un- uh, right under the one of uh, Ethan Brower from yesterday, why I'm missing is the one of Wilson head coach Doug Doms. So Paul talked to him following Wilson's loss to Hempfield. So check that out at Paul's websites so um the only other thing i want to mention here is our next live show is, is a week from now sunday october 16th 8 30 you know same time same place as always you can join us to talk about wilson football so i'll throw up the schedule here but i did drop the ball once again did not edit the schedule um i didn't realize paul this came up about a couple weeks ago and i we didn't get to talk to you about it the the d3 6a field has a bye the first week there's no games that first weekend in november which I, I, is a little wacky to me to think that's what they decided on. But I, I, I don't know if it was the other districts primarily, I guess, would be Whippeal that was upset that the D3 champ got a bye week leading into the state playoffs. So now they just were like, hey, we'll make eight teams wait to start winter sports instead of one. <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird to me. But so that date is is wrong on the schedule that's up there right now. The week of November 4th, 5th, that Friday, Saturday, any teams that make the District 3 6A playoffs will, will have off, and the right. District 3 6A quarters will start either Friday the 11th or 12th, depending on the host school. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're well on our way to finishing that second column. Penn Manor coming up, but 
First, let's talk about the game against Hempfield from Friday night. And well, I mean, we know we know the Wilson lost. I'm sure if you're watching this, you are well aware of that fact. Uh, it was a evenly matched, hard hard fought game. One that Wilson led almost the entire game. Literally scored on the second play from scrimmage. And only allowed the final touchdown with 17 seconds to play. Um, so it was a tough one to swallow, but you know, it's one of those things. And, you know, if any, any, I'm sure we get a lot of disgust and, you know, comments if any Hemfield people were joining us or watching this after the fact, but Justin, and I said right away, those were two very evenly matched teams. And I don't know if, if we can say our biased opinion for certain that, they are 100% absolutely the better team. That could that was an evenly matched game. You could end up being 5-5 five and five if you play a 10-game series. No? Um, I think we would hope that Wilson would come up on top more often than not, but uh, I thought it was pretty evenly matched. I don't think that you can say either way that one team was superior than the other and just played very poorly. I, I think if you these teams play again, and that very well could happen, I don't think you can guarantee what outcome would be, what the outcome would be. Yeah, I mentioned several weeks ago that I thought there was a chance that if if you were making lines, that Wilson would be favored in every game the rest of the season. And I would have made them a favorite against Hemfield. Especially being at home. Right, being being at home. Uh, and also, Hemfield had lost 16 in a row. I mean, you have to go back to 2005, the, la- the last time that Hemfield was able to beat Wilson. So... Uh, you know, our buddy Ross Tucker called me yesterday and said what a great game it was. And I think if you're a neutral observer of high school football, you would have agreed with with Ross. I mean, the fact that it came down to the, the final seconds like that, the type of drive Hemfield put together. And sometimes, and I'm guilty of this as well, it, it, we look to criticize as opposed to saying, hey, they made plays. I yeah. mean, sometimes you just have to tip your cap and give them credit. I think this game is summed up in one word, and that's finish. Um, you know, they were able to finish drives, and Wilson was not. You know, the, the red zone was the big story uh, in this game. Wilson was one of three, and Hemfield scored all three times that it got into the, the red zone. And then you look at special teams, which usually is a huge strength for the Bulldogs. Field goal miss, field goal block, extra point missed. That's seven points in a 20-16 to 16 game. Well, let's start right there then, because I have a question from someone who was had a different vantage point. What was your opinion on the, the blocks and misses on field goal, especially there in where they... Were they both in? They were in the third quarter, right? I the, think so. Yeah. The block, the field goal, and extra point. Yeah, because they're both at that end. Because the coaching staff was very, very adamant that they were doing illegal rushes, touching the center, and the the long snapper was coming off the field saying they were tu- they were touching me as they were going across the line. No one, the refs didn't acknowledge it for the. I guess the first one was the blocked field goal, yeah. correct? And then on the, the extra point that happened. The same thing was pointed out to the ref, and the ref came over and insisted that it wasn't happening, despite the center running over and saying, they are touching. Like You're not allowed to touch the long snapper. Yeah. That can't happen. And they were supposedly doing that on both sides of him, hands on his back, pushing off of him to get through. 
what could you see from where you were? Yeah, and, and I haven't watched a replay, so I mean that's something. If you watch the film, I'm sure you could you could see it. I thought the extra point was very very close, uh, and everyone up in the press box did as well. And I did ask. I, I thought it was good from the field level. Yeah, and I did ask Coach Doms about that, and he talked to the officials after it happened, and he said, um, "I think that they they weren't a hundred percent sure." Um, but either way, if you get a stop, you know, at the end of the game, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I've never been one to, um, like rely on excuses, not just in sports, but life in general. Oh. I think if, if you get caught up in all that, um, it kind of takes away from things, but I mean, you look at third and 11 and he hits Garcia for 12 yards. Right. And what, and well, and Fourth and three. What, four or five of those yards were after contact right. on that play. You Fourth know, you and get three. Short. He hits shorter, their tight end, who looks like he's wrapped up. Yeah, that's what and I was And then yeah, yeah. just kind of wiggles out well, that and was game. stretches the – That was ball game. Yeah, that yeah. would have been the game if the, right. if the tackle's made there. And then after that, he hit Garcia again for 18 yards to get him down to the, right. the nine-yard line. So there were plays – that that could have been made. I'm, to see Wilson's defense, which is always really good, give up 238 yards in the second half alone. I mean, I had to double check that when I got home, and I, and I was comparing the first half stats to the final game stats. I mean, 238 for a half just it doesn't happen. But that last drive, 17 plays, 76 yards, almost seven and a half minutes. And there were opportunities there to get off the field or at least put them in a position where, you know, maybe it's a fourth and long and then they have to decide, are we going to go for it or, or what, you know, or, or force them to kick a field goal, which then only ties the game. Right. Yeah. And like, like you said, there were definitely points left, left there with not being able to capitalize on some of the things, you know, um, you know, also like with the block punt, at the end of the first half, mm. but then not being able to to capitalize there. And I know like you're running short on time and stuff, but like just all those things, there there were lots of like toss up moments. You know, whether it's those or whether yeah. it's the you know the fourth downs or you know on that long drive, there were lots of toss up moments. Or when Wilson had the ball earlier trying to run out the clock. Like and it just it seemed like a lot too many of the critical moments went Hempfield's way. I don't mean that like it's all luck, but you know, sometimes it's just the way way it goes. Yeah. And in in a game like that, those little things matter. Yeah, against you know, a, a good game, team, in a game like that, right. the little things matter. And in reality, I look at it. You know, you you could say the little things mattered in week one, but I don't know how much they mattered in week <laughs> one, right? Like I don't know. Like yeah. that's one of those where the longer that game goes, the more trouble Wilson's probably in, just because. The talent Roman Catholic had. Yeah, they had right. next level speed. Well, they're, and they're bulldozing two. everyone else there playing right. outside of Malvern Prep, who right. might be the best team in the whole right. state of Pennsylvania, right. but isn't PIAA team, right. so it doesn't really matter in right. the grand scheme of things right. uh, in that regard. Right. Week two, the little things mattered. Wilson had a weak first half, not weak, but like a, a sloppy first half, but really regrouped and played really well in the second mm-hmm. half. And and those little things matter, but they, they won that. But honestly, until the Hemfield game, I'm not sure they had another game where the little things really well, mattered. And you know, like a little bit against Cedar Crest, a little bit, but not 
Cedarcrest isn't on the same level as Hempfield. You and know? their quarterback getting hurt was. Oh yeah, I mean that yeah. that was a backbreak. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you know you look at it and. If you it, get touchdowns on some of those drives where you're kicking field goals, way the final game, drive yeah. is is going to be insignificant. Yeah. That, that's why I said yeah. finish is the key word here. I mean, when you get in the red zone, you, and we see this in the NFL all the time, how many games do you see where teams settle for field goals and then fourth quarter comes around and a, you know a team all of a sudden puts a drive together, next thing you know, they they – kind of steal the game not that Hemfield did that because I think we all agreed it was a pretty even matchup and Hemfield has good skill position players I mean yeah. they have a nice group of wide receivers um, where you know Landis can really spread it around Garcia had seven catches for 100 yards uh, Gates had 124 yards including that 58 yard touchdown catch Benjamin, who is really a non-factor in this particular game, he came into the game with four touchdowns. Yeah, catches. he was the guy in the in the end zone yeah. all the time for them. And and shorter is a good sized tight end. Um, obviously, uh, David Polly Polly is a, a major Division One player, and now Penn State has offered him. Um, he had offers from Louisville and Temple, and now all of a sudden you see Penn State jump in there, which really is an eye opener. But when you look at that kid's frame. Yeah. I mean, it's like the why I'm missing kids, Joe. We were talking about uh, this. Yeah. They're 300 pounds and they're not overweight right, they're kids. Not the, yeah, they're right. not the... I mean, the, they're up and down. They're kid. not the plotting, like can't yeah. move 300 pounds. They're and Polly Polly's that way, too. Yeah, he's right. the same yeah. way. So, yeah. yeah. And he's got a whole nother year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Go great Grant Wonderful. <laughs> well, well, I am glad that Grant Hoover doesn't have another year because he was one heck of a running yeah. back. I mean... He, Visually, he's not like these guys, Polly Polly, you're talking yeah. about, uh, or you know the wide missing lineman. But you look at Hoover, you're like, okay, high school running back. Like, how much can he really do? He was impressive. He runs yeah, he was. tough, really, yeah, he tough. Ran I mean, really and that, tough. And if people listen to the interview with Coach Doms, um, and again, he was a longtime defensive coordinator, so he takes a lot of pride in in the defense, even now as the head coach. He was really upset about the tackling and the the yards after contact there was just way right. too much and and the fourth and three was kind of a prime example yeah. you know, because they if if he doesn't you know wiggle out and stretch the football across the line that's not a first down and the game's over there and, and normally Wilson when it comes to tackling is about as fundamentally sound as you get but um, well, and, they, they and weren't. like some of the other things we talked about, if if it was an isolated incident, it probably doesn't come down to that one play. Not not that, yeah. that one, but you know, like if that was the only broken tackle of the night, yeah. But it wasn't. That was no. it was a pattern. Um, and and Hoover did. I mean, he, right. he runs some, hard. Some of that was them. They, yeah. they were running really hard. They they there were a lot of toss up plays and and Landis Land had the drive of his career. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, which is kind of interesting because before the game we were recollecting about last year when it's a tie game and Wilson was kind of in that mode kind of middle of the season or that chunk of the middle of the season where they were finding their their real strength and Jaden and Brad led that drive where they just were running over guys mm-hmm. down for for the touchdown but hey credit credit to Hemfield it, it's not a fun thing yeah but I also look at it and this is where, you know, Joe and I talk about this a lot. 
I look at it, there weren't a lot of things in that game where I'm like, oh no, I don't know what we do about it. You know, there wasn't like, again, week one, there are lots of things there where it's, I don't know what we can do. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but there's some things here, like I know we can clean correct, it up, yeah. correct or clean up many of those things and not necessarily yeah. be perfect, but we can clean up a lot of the things that were maybe issues in, in this particular game. And that leads me not... Not to be uh, excited is not the right word, but to think like, okay, well, we've got a few weeks here. You need to handle your business in these three weeks. Make right. sure you can get into the playoffs, it's, and maybe, maybe you can play your way into a right. rematch. So, three things. One, we talked last Sunday night in the preview about the loss of Cam Harbaugh. Jackson Landis looked pretty darn good, uh, and also he's a junior with Gates and Polly Polly. Uh, so, Hemfield's here to stay. Justin and I have been saying that for years now, leading up to. Uh, eager getting the job and then when he got the job oh crap that's not good <laughs> yeah um and that literally was our response was like i'm happy for him but not real pleased yeah well because um two years ago um in the the covid shorted se- shortened season i believe um hemphill was the only team after the first two weeks uh, the loss to mifflin and the close win at township that gave gave wilson a game the rest of the year it was um, Wilson was playing really well, but you could see the building blocks being set forth in his first year. And then last year, tied until, what, 40 seconds left to play. And Wilson mm-hmm. Wilson has the drive and holds on for, for their win. Um, this year, I feel like a lot of people were shocked and disappointed at the end of the game because it's usually Wilson doing that to opponents, coming up with the big plays in the big mm-hmm. moments, either having the drive that Hemfield had, much like what Justin said, happened last year at Hemfield, or it's usually Wilson coming up with the big stop to end the, the momentum and end the moment and seize the game, and it didn't happen. And it's disappointing. It is what it is, but we've already said we felt the teams were evenly matched, and there's an opportunity to meet them again. Um, I think everyone would welcome that. I know the players and coaches would because they'd like to prove that they can beat this team. And in the post-game huddle with the with the players, Coach Doms brought up Wilson history because that's the best place to look and just prove this isn't the end. And it wasn't about last year's team, how they overcame all the adversity after a two and three start to mm-hmm. make it within, you know, minutes of a district championship, um, falling to that Harrisburg team. But he looked back to 1990, because in 1990, Wilson didn't win the LL section. Because they had a season loss to McCaskey. Well, a few weeks later, a month later, they beat McCaskey in the district playoffs, ended up winning the district championship. Uh, I believe that was the Fog Bowl year victory over Cumberland Valley, and then played a very tough game against Ridley, I believe, in the state semifinals. Mm-hmm. And Coach Tom said, didn't win LL that year, but won a district championship and played in the state final four. There's a lot still left to play for. There's a lot in front of you, and you very well could see this team again. So fix fix the issues that we've all talked about, finishing, tackling, things like that, and you know, win out and see what happens. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, you you mentioned uh, Coach Edgar, and he's done a phenomenal job in just his third year there. I mean, they beat Mannheim Township last year and again this year. So to beat for Hemfield to beat Township two years in a row and then to end a 16-game losing streak to Wilson uh, really shows that he's got that program moving in the right direction. And like a lot of teams, when they play Wilson, 
that's kind of their Super Bowl for the season. Yep. You know, especially in in Section One because Wilson's won the most Section One championships. Every no one knows about the history, the NFL players that have been there, the the Hennies, the Collins, the Gilmores. Um, you know, going back to to Gursky and Ritz, and for these teams to come in, they're never going to have a letdown. And Wilson's coming off the rivalry win against Governor Mifflin, which even though the Mustangs are down, it's still a huge game in this area because you have two schools separated by three miles and are arch rivals. So it was a pretty good spot for Hempfield, and they just made enough plays to win the game. The other thing that we need to see uh, from Wilson, you mentioned the, the interview that I had with Eddie Case, who played so well against Governor Mifflin, they need to find another weapon. Cam Jones is spectacular. I mean, he is as electrifying as probably anyone Wilson's had come through here. I mean, you look at the kick return touchdowns, you know, seven last year, four this year. That that's insane. I mean, that is insanity, four right? Four on there. five chances, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 80% to the house on punts. I mean, th- think like nobody, Deion Sanders, you know, <laughs> wouldn't do uh, something like that. And Cam had, again, two long touchdown runs, uh, one for 53 and one for 48. Uh, the 189 on the on the ground is a career high. I mean, he had a, he had a monster game. He has 19 touchdowns in seven games. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's ridiculous what, what he's doing, but. You need someone else to help out uh, offensively um, so you can kind of balance the equation a little bit. And in the second half, Wilson only had six points in the game, and that was the 48-yard run that Cam had um, in the, the third quarter to put him up 16-10, to 10, and then, of course, extra point was no good. Um, but you know, whether it's you know Case... Uh, or maybe Klein at, at tight end if they look to throw to him. Uh, Cleveland Harding, unfortunately, has dealt with a bunch of injuries so far this season, and now Cam is getting a lot more of those carries. Um, and I know Coach Doms in my interview also talked about you know the offensive line needs to get a little bit more continuity, and they had to you know shuffle one position around against uh, Hemfield. But whatever it is, it can't just be let, let's rely on Cam Jones for a punt return and a 50-yard run. I mean, that, that's a tough way to make a living on the offensive side. Yeah. And, right. And, and again, that's one of those things where some weeks that may not matter. But against good in, teams, in, it in will. The games, yeah. In the games that are going to, in the end, define the season, the, those things will matter. And so, again, they've, they've got some time here. Um, you know, you've got Penn Manor, who's maybe they, they've they been, you know, turning the corner there. I know last year they got off to a good start, and then things got a little rocky when they got into section play. This year, again, solid start. Seemed to be kind of holding right around there. You know, it would be interesting to see what happens. But Wilson can't take it lightly, you know, yeah. moving down there. I know we're not quite done yet, but like – but then you've got McCaskey, who I think just got shut out by Redding yeah, they, the other it night. Was, it was ugly. Yeah. And and then you have Township, which is on the road, which is going to be tough. You got two teams who are, could be jockeying or playing for playoff positioning or spots or who knows. So like, 
Yeah, I think if you put Wilson Hemfield and Township in a hat on any given Friday, you could pick one out and get the winner. Right. You know, I mean, I think I think they're they're that even this year that it you know I, I don't I don't see a clear favorite with any of those three teams. Right. So it it'll be interesting, but you know, one of the things to look for, we talked about cleaning things up, but also adding some things, you know, we, it wasn't until later in the year that Wilson kind of found themselves last year. Now they don't necessarily in the same regard need to do that this year, but still maybe find another aspect or, you know, just have some of those guys who are now getting experience who haven't necessarily had the experience before as they getting experience throughout the season, continue to step up and, um, you know, you never know what opportunities are going to present themselves over these next three weeks and then potentially, hopefully, for a few more weeks after that. Yeah, real quickly here, um, some stats from the game. Uh, Hempfield had six more first downs and Wilson 18 to 12. Wilson obviously did a lot of their work on the ground in the rushing game, aided by those two big touchdown runs by Cam Jones, outrushing Hempfield 219 to 82. However, in the passing game, Hempfield threw for nearly 300 yards, 277 to Wilson's just 55. So Hempfield come out way on top in a total offensive yards, 359 to 274. And Paul, you mentioned the red zone efficiency was the big one that hurt the Bulldogs finishing. You said Hempfield three for three, Wilson just one of one of three, um, but individually, uh, offensively, Cam Jones led the way. Fifteen carries, one hundred eighty-nine yards, two touchdowns, and n- not a lot else out there on, on offense. Uh, quarterback Tommy Hunsker was four for eleven for fifty-five yards, and receiving again, two of them went to Cam Jones for thirty-nine, um, with one piece going to Eddie Case and Brady Klein. Um, defensively. Um, it was Nick Weitzel who left uh, in the second half, missed some time, um, and it was noticeable his absence when he wasn't out there uh, uh, setting the edge or especially rushing and causing havoc in the backfield. Uh, he finished with seven and a half total tackles, three for loss. Uh, he had the block, um, the, the punt block, and uh, a sack. Um, Nate Capitano had six and a half. Eddie Case had six tackles. Isaiah Cassius had five, one and a half for loss, and a sack. Um, and a couple linebackers had four and a half tackles in Ryan McMillan and Nick Krakona. Um, Cam Jones continues to be one of the, the best shutdown corners, too. Very rarely do teams throw his way. We know at the beginning of the year, Martin Luther King tested him a little bit and weren't able to get too much on him. And not many teams since have have even looked his direction. Um, and when they have, he's been there to uh, to, to make a play. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was a rough one. Uh, for the Bulldogs taking that loss in that fashion there at the end, especially when you lead almost the entire game. But uh, just a few what-ifs, and, and that hurts you when you play a really good team that, that Hemfield is. Right, and again, just that idea Paul talked about finishing, it reminded me of a stat I heard this morning. Coming into this week, the Ravens are 2-2 two and two and had trailed for a total of 17 seconds this season. You know, <laughs> That's like, crazy. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes, you know, like – you know, it, it comes down to a player or two here and there. And, you know, there are other plays throughout the game. But, you know, and and the good news is, you know, you're, you're close. If you you hopefully can clean up some things and, and maybe the next time those things will go your way. So I we Justin and I have talked in the past. We just get us. We want the offense to get us to. 20 21 points like we want three touchdowns i feel like if the offense can get three touchdowns by and large wilson's going to win the game because very rarely does the defense 
the starting defense give up 20 plus didn't didn't get that mile marker and defense gave up that that you know the bear the, the threshold there and didn't get the victory so um it was rough uh didn't capitalize on chances offensively and then defensively they they bent throughout the game earlier but then they broke right there at the end unfortunately it just and then just ran out of time didn't have, have the opportunity really to answer um but we'll put a feather uh in this one a, a pin in the, the wilson hempfield game just by doing our player of the game and if you've been watching the show at all this year, Justin, you know that in odd number of weeks, it goes to Cam Jones because <laughs> it could be him every week. Um, and that's not a slight to anyone else because obviously, once again, this week, there were a bunch of options. Um, the next closest, next best probably would have been Nick Weitzel with his play along the defensive yeah, he was line. Yeah. Uh, he was very strong and he was he very easily could be the player of the game. And um, you're right, too. When he was out and they... They were stretching his leg a lot, and then he was riding the bike. But it was very noticeable how Hemfield was moving the ball when when he was not in the game. So uh, we we do go with Cam Jones here. I mean, you, uh, you set a career <laughs> record: 108 yards, you scored two touchdowns, two huge plays to give the team the lead early and give the team closing to the end of the third quarter. You know, the the extension on on the lead or breaking the tie to give the team the lead. Um, but just not enough down the stretch. But Cam Jones, another uh, Her- Herculean effort from him on the field. Um, so we'll give Cam Jones the week off next week. So whoever, lots of op- opportunities uh, in game eight we, for we other people about to it. step up. People are going to need to step up, and uh, here's your chance. Yeah, let's 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 find a player. I, I, I'm feeling defense next week. Uh, I think, honestly, uh, I mean, we, we call out the players from both sides that. of the ball. You know, it's not really just specifically the offense side of the ball for Cam Jones because we've mentioned, obviously, special teams and defense. Uh, he's a three-way, three, three-tier player like that. Um, but we specifically picked out Isaiah Cassius a few weeks ago for his um, work along the defensive line. Um, but I, I know I just feel like maybe Nick Weitz will get it this week. A couple of the linebackers, I feel like, break through and are right yeah. there. You know, we're always talking about Krakona, McMillan, Farrell. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling like it's going to come from that side of the ball. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's one of those weeks where we have a hard time deciding because a bunch of guys really yeah. uh, really have standout games. That that would be fun. I thought Cassius was pretty good on Friday too. Yeah, yeah. Well, in in the week we gave it to him, we we talked about not just that, but like the progression we've seen throughout the season from him. Yeah, yeah. He, been, I mean, he was a like really good one and and unknown as yeah. far as yeah. you know and, getting significant varsity time coming into this year. Right, and we talk about it like a lot. I know that's not un- a unique thing to Wilson, but it's no. one of the things we talk about how, like, you have these guys who, like, kind of their senior year, you get, like, wait, where'd this kid yeah. come from? You know, like, and if and, they were at other schools, they'd be starting for two or maybe right, three years. Right. And so uh, we, we've known Cassius since, since middle school, yeah. you know, and so it, to see him be able to step into that role, um, I gave him a hard time this week for his couple offsides last week, um, <laughs> um, which which he's gonna not be pleased that I brought it up here. But like, you know, um, it, it's one of those where seeing guys progress like that, though, and and not just him, you know, um, the way Krakona's played at at middle line or outside linebacker, um, you know, and just lots of guys continue to progress, and uh, let's see where we can get this thing. I threw this up here while um, you guys were talking a few minutes ago, but just it's just the current list of the power rankings in District Three. 
the three of us looked at this ahead of the show, and there are a few teams that have not yet reported. So this isn't 100% accurate because these teams take forever to report. I'm not <laughs> sure why it's so hard to enter if you won or lost. but Enter um, a score. Right. It's not difficult. But Wilson, as it stands now, is right around the seven, uh, slightly behind York, William Penn, but a pretty sizable lead over Dallas Town at the moment, which is the eight seed. The top eight make the playoffs. We still have three games left, so this is going to shuffle York, a lot. And York played a crazy game. Um, I think the half-time, against Dallas Town, right? Yeah, I think the halftime score was like forty-two thirty-five or something. At like halftime, wow. yeah. Well, kind of reminds me of our playoff game with them last year, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Um, but ended up winning, I think, by maybe like twenty or so points. But yeah, um, quite the shootout. And I think Jaheim White had four hundred some yards in that game. So, something, so, wow. something. Careful, crazy. he's going to get into the Journey Brown territory from a few years ago with what seven hundred <laughs> yards rushing or whatever. Right, right. Well, I, honestly, that's the way our game went. It felt like last year with them. Like, York High's always been explosive. Yeah. I mean, they always have playmakers. I think the, the question is, are they going to be able to stop? Right, teams. and they couldn't stop well, Dallas I, down Friday night. Right, well, and I saw, um, I think it was just last week or two weeks ago, uh, Sam Stoner got the preferred walk-on at, at West Virginia, too. So, like, oh, so he for, could go I hang don't, out I don't with think he's White. committed, but, yeah, Jaheim White's committed there. Um, but, yeah, good for him. I hope, wish him nothing but luck unless they play us later. <laughs> <down the road. laughs> uh, yeah, so, obviously, this is going to shuffle because uh, Wilson still gets to play Mannheim Township. Um, Cumberland Valley and Harrisburg already played each other. Um, I think though Central York and William Penn haven't met yet. They're week eight or nine. They, that game's probably coming up. It might even be this week. Um, so plenty, plenty to happen here. Uh, but Wilson sitting in around the seven. I think should Wilson win out, I'm thinking they'll get to six, maybe five. The other thing that is going against Wilson this year is. Unfortunately, their non-league opponents outside of Roman Catholic are not very good, at least win and loss. Like, I think, honestly, I think Central Dolphin could hang with a few of these teams that may make the playoffs, maybe even beat, because they're the only team that gave Coatesville a game so far. Uh, And Central Dolphin has been in all the games they've played and have lost by like a touchdown, including to Wilson. Uh, so I, C- Central Dolphin is a good two and five, but that doesn't matter in the power rating. No. They're just looking at the wins and losses. Now they have a very high strength uh, right. schedule strength, which which is factored in. Um, but yeah, they're almost they're almost like a full like place above everyone else. Like with strength, yeah, strength opponent, yeah their OWP is point seven eight. Yeah, the next highest is like point six nine. Yeah, so um, Central Dolphins face the gauntlet. Uh, they are sitting at two and five. I would say unlikely to make the playoffs. Although if they would win their final three, they might squeak in at five and five just because their opponent winning percentage is so high, but central dolphin, not helping Martin Luther King, certainly not helping. Uh, and unfortunately Mifflin after the last two years to see Mifflin struggling the way they are, they lost to Conestoga Valley on Friday, a last second second field goal. So, um, that was one that, prognosticators of power ratings i.e. me had them winning so that actually that'll hurt wilson because when i predicted the c i predicted the season with a bunch of different um outcomes just for wilson because i can't go through and change 40 some teams that it takes to calculate these rankings um every game what could fluctuate here and there with at the time five weeks to go um but should wilson win out I'd expect them to be around the sixth seed now. 
Um, yeah, so no more home, no home games, no playoff mm. home games. That's essentially losing to Hempfield unless crazy happens. I was and, gonna say, unless, and unless sports, you know, happens. sports is, are crazy. And we saw just what well, back in 2017, you know, everyone was like, Wilson's done, Wilson's done. We ended up the three seed, you know, <laughs> hosting a playoff game. Um, so it is what it is. Strange things can happen, but by and by, if you go by ec- expectations, I think Wilson's probably looking at sitting right around the six seed at that's if they went out, obviously got to be Penn Manor this week, got to beat McCaskey in, in week nine. And then you got to go to township and beat man and township in week 10. So a lot pending, a lot could happen and uh, we'll see. But then once again, for the final, final few seconds, those are the current district three, six, a power ratings. But let's uh, move on to Wilson's game this week, Friday night, October 14th, going down to Millersville, Justin making a triumphant return two years in a row for the Bulldogs. Um, but we uh, have our ceremonial pregame dinner and postgame <laughs> dinner at the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> Pre and post. Pre and post. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's how uh, we do it. A few years ago, we were going and it was just it was just pre. Uh, and then a few years ago, we we're like, "Yeah, that's probably go there again." Well, right? go. I, I, I'm hungry, right? You hungry? Like, let's just, <laughs> we just went back. Yeah, why, why not? I think we've done that every year since uh, 2016, give or take somewhere in there. I know the schedules have yeah. fluctuated, and we're going back there two years in a row. Uh, but I'd, I'd take going back to Millersville, playing Penn Manor, eating at the Sugar Bowl, than having to go to Lancaster and play McCaskey right, two years because right. we get McCaskey at home two years in a row. So I'll take that. Uh, all, all, all good. But um, we saw one of Wilson's mini streaks come to an end against Hempfield, as Paul mentioned. Wilson had beaten the Black Knights 16 times in a row. They hadn't lost to Hempfield since 2005. Now Wilson's got an opponent that they have literally never lost to. Um, 30, 31 straight wins against the Comets. Yeah. It, that's a lot. I, I don't. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I believe someone last year when I posted about. Or talked about on this show about Wilson never losing to Penn Manor and it being at like thirty and O. I might have been a PA football history on Twitter said, "Is that the biggest streak to have, a team to never lose? Like, is that the most wins against an opponent to have never lost?" And I was like, "I have no no yeah. idea." Um, it's a pretty big state. <laughs> it is a very big state, right. and there's what's like. I mean, historically speaking, there's over six hundred programs. I think right now operating there's like. 550 or so give or take across the six classifications and historically speaking you're looking at well over 600 but it's it's a lot of wins without any losses against one team so it'd be interesting to see if anyone out there has that information i feel like uh, at pa underscore fb underscore history pa football history would have that um because it's a great follow great account on there but yeah 31 and 0 i believe wilson is against penn manor um, Wilson won their game against them last year down in Millersville, 40 to six. Um, the comments are led by former man. I'm central assistant, John Brubaker, who's in his eighth season now with Penn Manor, believe it or not. That's crazy. Um, last year they went five and five. Um, and ha- having a, a, a better season for them than they've had in the past. They've struggled a bit under, um, Brubaker, um, these past few years, but we could start to, they started to gain some traction last year. Um, and actually people going into the game in week six, when Wilson was two and three, people were like, is this the year that Penn Manor is going to win? And like, is, is Wilson going to be real bad? It didn't happen. Um, but Penn Manor is sitting at 
four and three right now. They they um, beat Conestoga Valley earlier this year. Remember, I just mentioned that Conestoga Valley beat Mifflin. Uh, they beat Conestoga Valley in week one before um, losing back-to-back games to Lampeter, Strasburg, and Solanco, both very strong uh, LL teams in lower sections, uh, before beating Cedar Crest and beating Redding. Um, they did lose two weeks ago to Hempfield, 34-7, to but re- rebounded and responded to that loss by beating Burke's team, Daniel Boone, 33 to 12. So Penn Manor's coming off a win. They're sitting at four and a three and will welcome the Bulldogs to Millersville on Friday evening. So Paul, what do you know about the Penn Manor comments? Uh, well, f- first uh, let's talk about the spot. Um, because I, I look at um, situations a lot, whether it's college or uh, NFL and I, you know, I think the same is true to some extent to high school, maybe not as much, but I, this is a really bad spot for Penn Manor because if Wilson had beat Hemfield, maybe you get a letdown. There's no chance of a letdown now. And again, when people watch the interview that I did with Doug Doms, I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Like, I think you're going to see a fired up and angry group of bulldogs in this game so there's not going to be that letdown factor that you may get some years because wilson is is coming off the loss to hemfield so i i think it's a really really tough spot for penn manor offensively uh they they struggle at times uh, especially throwing the football they have more interceptions than touchdown passes this year they're completing under 50% of their passes this year. And how did Hempfield beat Wilson? They did it through the air. Right. Joe, Joe right. gave the, the passing numbers. Um, you know, They threw for 277 in that game. Penn Manor doesn't have that type of offense to attack the, the secondary like Hempfield was, was able to do. And as far as the schedule goes, I, I think they've kind of taken care of business against teams that they should beat. I'd say Cedar Crest is their best win. But, you know, Daniel Boone's one in six right now. You know, they they have they've struggled. Uh, although Redding pounded McCaskey, you know, new coaching staff at at uh Redding. Um, and you know, they've had their ups and downs this year. Um, beating Cedar Crest and and then they opened up with the win over Conestoga Valley. And then they've kind of lost to the teams you would expect them to lose to LS is very, very good. Cannot wait for LS at Y missing at the end of the, the regular season. So I'll see you at that one too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, LS just hammered Burke's Catholic and it, it was not even competitive. And I've talked to a lot of coaches who watched the film and, and all of them have been very impressed um, with LS and, and how physical they are. Uh, Solanco, you know, is having a, a good year. Um, and obviously Hemfield. Now, you know, I, I've never been one to, to compare scores because, you know, in boxing, they always say styles make fights. Certain boxers will match up better mm-hmm. against other boxers. Well, it's the same way in team sports. Certain teams match up better uh, with, with other teams. In basketball, you may have a very guard-oriented team that would struggle against a team with size, for example. But against other guard-oriented teams, they'll be good. Um, but if, if you do like to c- compare scores, I mean, Hemfield drilled Penn Manor. It was 34-7. to 
Uh, obviously, we just saw how close. I mean, Wilson-Hemfield was a coin flip game. It literally came down to the last 20 seconds. It could have gone either way. So if you're into looking at scores, um, but I, I think um, you know, Wilson's a clear favorite in this game. Not only are they more talented and have that, you know, the history with the long winning streak, but the situational spot of, you know, coming off a, a loss and having a, a coaching staff that I think, um, you know, will have them ready to play on Friday. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right with you there. I always think about that when it comes to my teams like Penn State and the mm. Dolphins when they've got a, a big game coming up, but then that team loses the week before. I'm like, well, there goes any chance yeah. of, you know, like when Justin texted me Saturday that Michigan and Indiana were tied at 10. Right. I was like, I, I don't want Michigan losing that, to Indiana that, right before that game, Penn State. That game went well, in my opinion, because Michigan had to play their guys the full game, but didn't lose because if they lost i would be like oh no like i i don't want to go play them after the loss like but, but that's a good good up. example michigan is certainly looking ahead to penn state right you right. know and well they turned it on the second half yeah. but right right yeah so um i had a comment a little bit ago that uh i'm not even sure he heard this live because we might have said it before he hopped on but coach steve o'neill in the chat i'm just hopping on now and i again apologize for bringing bad luck to gursky <laughs> so yes uh steve if you didn't hear us discuss it at the beginning um we did we did bring that up um but as, as long as he's not still appreciate Mil your support as long as he's not in millersville on friday yeah night, can, we'll, we'll, we'll be good we'll they, be they, good. Have, they have a they, road yeah, game they, they play they're, wiser they're, yeah, yeah they're, they'll be in robbins yeah don't have to worry about them being down down in millersville so we're all good there um but yeah i i this should be a, a statement when this was to get wilson back on track mm. um yeah i I would hope that at the end, Penn Manor's thinking we were put in a bad spot, and, and that's what we should see. And, and you mentioned it. Penn Manor's doesn't match up well against Wilson because they want to run the ball. Wilson is usually pretty good, pretty stout against that. Um, when you have Farrell and McMillan as inside <laughs> linebackers, you're going to be pretty good against the run. Uh, and Penn Manor's senior quarterback, Eli Warfel, who started for a few years now, um, actually leads the team in carries, too. Yeah. Um, and in, and in uh, rushing yards. Uh, he has 67 mm. carries for 326 yards, uh, five rushing touchdowns. Uh, the next closest one is um, Bolin, a senior, uh, 62 carries for 293 yards and five touchdowns. So those are the two big ones um, rushing-wise. And you mentioned uh, Warfel, you know, good running game um, average quarterback, he's completing less than 50% of his passes. Um, you, you said he, touchdown interception, interception ratio is three touchdowns to five interceptions. So they can't get it done through the air. Um, Penn Manor has been building to this team. We saw two years ago that they played a lot of sophomores, a lot of young guys. And like I said they took a step last year, came down to earth a little bit when they got into playing some of the bigger teams. I don't. They couldn't take the next step to play the big teams earlier in the season, uh, the LS and Solanco. Um, then Hemfield, Wilson's their next big test. Like they still get Manheim Township the week after Wilson. Um, talk about a tough schedule. Yeah. Hemfield, Wilson Township, three out of four weeks for them. Um, so th this is a huge test for them. This could be a statement for them, just like Hemfield just made. But I, I do think and hope that Wilson is is ready to roll, ready to. Uh, stay in the playoff race 
And, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the comparing scores. Justin and I talk about that all the time. And it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. And we're always just like, that transitive properties doesn't work. But we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, we blow it up just by looking back last year. Last year, um, Wilson beat Hemfield and Township, you know, undefeated, won the league championship. Uh, Hemfield beat Township, as you mentioned, now two years in a row. But last year they beat them. But then I remember the wacky store score coming in. Cedar Crest beat Hemfield last year. Mm. And it was just crazy as you know seeing all those games seeing all those teams play to think that hemfield could lose to the cedar crest team last year but it happened if you go back and look at those scores it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. in the round robin that happens in the section play but but it did and uh if there's anyone that wants cedar crest to do that again this year it would be everyone watching this show right now uh, because i believe hemfield has cedar crest the week after exeter because obviously the Hemfield Exeter game means nothing to the Section One race, right? Um, but that's an interesting game. It definitely uh, is this Friday yeah. night. A lot uh, of people would be paying attention to that score. So uh, yeah, Exeter undefeated Hemfield, Hemfield just one loss. Yeah, and against Central York, who's going to be a you know a big player in the District Three Six A playoff race. Um, but Justin, you have anything add about about Penn Manor? No, I just we, we talked about it. There's plenty for Wilson to work on. Um, the good news is. There's there's still time to to work on those things and to get to continue to get better, um, get better over these next three weeks. Let the chips fall where they may, and hopefully, hopefully you find yourself in the district playoffs. And then th- and it's time to put it all together, you know. And obviously, you'd like to put it all together before then, but um, it, there are worse things than to be hitting your stride now that second weekend in November. But like if if you, they can be hitting their stride, well let's say hit their stride the last weekend in October. Yeah, that would um, be a good good time. You know, for and that. then have the buy <laughs> like that hey, uh, you know, I yeah. I'll, I'll take our chances. And, and that's all you can really do is is handle your business and see whatever happens. Yeah. You know, like we can't control all those other things. We hopefully go out and win our games and then uh see see what happens. Yeah and when when you were given the the power rankings in District Three Six A, I don't know this year that there's a real juggernaut. I mean, I think th- I think there are a lot of what I would say are very good teams. I don't know that there's one great team. I right. don't know that there's one world beater. I, you know, like sometimes you see some Six A teams, and it's you know right. um, where. You're thinking, Undisputed, man, these guys are right, loaded. Right. You know, I, people thought that was going to be Harrisburg right. coming into the year, and then they lose the township right. at home. Um, so, I think, yeah, if you get in, uh, any anything can. I mean, Hemfield was in the semifinals last season yeah, and, and lost to Harrisburg, right? right. And then if right. if you look where Wilson was at the midpoint of last season, who at that time says, "Oh, yeah." They're going to be in a district, district final yeah. and have Harrisburg on the ropes. Yeah, no one would have said that. A um, incredibly fortunate or unfortunate uh, face mask away from maybe making that a different game, uh, which is still talked about by uh, that player, that that team, and many many fans. So, um, yeah, unfortunate. But I agree with you. I mean, last year on this show, Justin and I were saying, and you know, I'm sure part of it was to make sure everyone knew that Wilson wasn't out of it, even you know, three and three, four and three, as they're winning games in the mid mid season. That it, who, what team in District Three Six A 
outside of, you know, I think we even phrased it at the time, outside of Har- Harrisburg versus the field. Like, right. outside of Harrisburg, what other team do you think? I mean, people. I'm sure there were some people that were like, you got to put Central York in there. That's fine. You can throw them in there because Wilson beat them. So, you know, anything right. can happen. Well, and that's Any and, given Friday or Saturday. And that's where it, if Wilson, if, and it's a huge if, but if Wilson could end the season 8-2, eight, eight and two, like, which team is going to be lined up and be like, Oh, I want to host I'm not Wilson about in the Wilson. first round. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about Wilson because we host them. You know, like, well, it's just last year. There aren't going to be a lot of those. So you you just look at right. Well, you know, it happened in 2011. Wilson uh, back then, I think it was 16 teams. So Wilson hosted a game in the first round, but then went to Daniel Boone and won. Went to Cumberland Valley and won, and nearly beat Central Dolphin in the district championship game. And oh, that, by the way, that year Central Dolphin won the state championship. And then just last year, Wilson had to go to York, William Penn, then go to Central York, and then finally go to Harrisburg. And I don't think anyone um, looking back on us should be like, yeah, man, I can't wait to play Wilson in the first round. Um, we get to host them. I, I, what team What team wants that? But and like, you, you look at, you know, Cumberland Valley is a good example here. So played Manon Township 31-27. They won. Played Central York 35-33. I mean, these these are these are coin flip games. Yeah, I mean, these are very close games, um, and their only loss was to Harrisburg. Now that one, they they lost thirty to fourteen, so they lost that one by two touchdowns. But like I said, if if you get in the field, and Wilson is always going to be prepared. You know, as far as the coaching staff goes, they're they're never going to be surprised. They're they're never not going to be ready for this or that. You know, when you talk to other coaches, that they don't look forward to, to playing Wilson because they know the kids are always going to be ready to play. Uh, they may have a bad game. You know, that happens to everyone. You know, you may have turnovers, which to me still is always the most important stat. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, face mask penalty. You know, certainly there were a number in the Mifflin game. So there are other factors. You don't always play to your best, but they're always prepared to play um and you know that there, there is no team in district three if wilson's a seven seed there's there's no yeah, one that's that gonna be like oh like, yeah wonderful yeah Thanks. yeah just as a, a walk into the semis <laughs> like no one's gonna say that and that you know? most likely is gonna be probably harrisburg cumberland valley or central york would be my guess mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Hemfield if they beat Exeter this week and finish the season nine and one, it very well could be them. But you know, talk about and I I don't think that's going to happen. I I, 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 don't I think either. Exeter will win that. I, game. I think Exeter wins that game. Where is that game? It's at Exeter. Is it at Exeter too? Because um, I no, thought I, I th- thought Exeter lost to Hemfield at Hemfield last year. I'm, I I could be wrong. That, uh, I just was putting stuff together today. Let me double check. I think I thought it was at Hemfield. Um, I'll tell you here in a second, but. Ex Exeter, they're real good. Yeah, I mean, and they lost. You know, Colin Payne moves on and and was starting Alvernia. Unfortunately, he, he got he got ACL, hurt. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, best wishes to him on a speedy recovery. But your quarterback graduates, Yoakum graduates. Um. You know, I mean, they. I mean, they had a really really good t- Nangle graduates who had a phenomenal year. Um. At running back, J.R. Strauss is Villanova. I mean, I mean they, you know, they lost a ton of talent, but there's still 
plenty there. I mean, the, the cupboard is far from bare, bare. And when you have Joey Schlaufer, who, you know, I, I was at their game with Mifflin. I mean, they, they ran a toss play with him. They had him throw the football and obviously can catch a football. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6". Uh, Kichese is a Division One player that they have on that offensive line. Polange, I still think, is very underrated. And wherever he ends up going, that that college is, you know, uh, that's a steal. Whoever whoever gets him, um, I mean, they, that's a really good um, football team. Karstein gives them a physical running back. Um, you know, Redding can do different things, whether it's wide receiver or or, or running back. Uh, his dad was the old Reading High um, basketball coach. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think Exeter wins that game. It almost feels to me when it comes to Exeter, I feel like Exeter is Mifflin a year removed. Uh, yeah, obviously they don't have Singleton, the number one recruit in the nation, but I thought Mifflin had reached their peak when Singleton was a junior, and then they took it to another level last year when he was a senior. And now everyone was talking about how good Exeter was last year and beating that Mifflin mm-hmm. team. And this year, it just seems like they've already they've gone a step above, even losing all those people you just mentioned. But it is at Hemfield, by the way. It is at Hemfield. Yeah. Okay. Well, bringing that around to Wilson is something that you mentioned about how physical the the games are usually against Wilson. That's talked about every year when we play Central Dolphin, you know, at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the year, the physicality of those teams, the toughness, getting beat up in those games. Well, I feel like that happened Friday night. You know, how much, how many of the guys that we see hobble or walking Mm -hmm. off or after the game in ice, including running back Grant Hoover, when Justin and I walked over to, you know, talk to him after the game just briefly, he was limping and had ice all over his his, his leg. You know, he took a he lot. He took a pounding. Yeah, uh, you know, and how is that going to be a week after an emotional game where you were? It was such a physical game, so tight. How are you going to respond playing a, a, an opponent like like Exeter that's rolling in there? So it's going to be a tough game. I'm sure it's going to be a good game, um, but that has huge implications on the District Three Six A power ratings that Wilson is going to be keeping an eye on. Mm. So, um, yeah. But Justin, anything? To, to close out the show here as we wrap up. No, just hopefully, uh, hopefully they can have a good week of practice and come out ready to go on Friday night. Um, you know, and and kind of uh, start working on on hitting that stride. That, that's like we talked about. So, absolutely. So, Paul, any closing thoughts? Anything to add? Nope. That's it. So, well, like, Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. Yes, our, uh, our recurring guest here on the Bulldog Hour, and I, I did promise that the tuck spread will be out. I was going to say the next say, appearance. Oh, I, there is something I did want to add. I thought the community and everyone associated with the school district did a great job with. I mean, homecoming, Hall of Fame, yeah. the pink out. There was a lot was going a lot on going there. On, yeah. It was a really good environment for high school football. Yeah, it was. It was re- really, really strong. Uh, really great night. Just all, all the stuff going on. And I, I posted my um, my photo album. I, I have the link to the Athletic Hall of Fame and homecoming. So um, we didn't talk about that much on the show. Thank you for bringing that up, Paul, because I did want to mention it. Um, just, just really, really fun atmosphere to, mm. to, to be a part of and, and have that all happen um, uh, Friday night. And also uh, some of uh, Wilson's uh, Wilson football's greatest were back in attendance. Coach Jerry Slemmer yeah. uh, there as uh, he's getting together with his graduating class of 1970. But 
um, more importantly for a football show, his class of or his fall 1969 football brethren, which was the second undefeated team in Wilson history, 10 and 0, one of the greatest teams that Wilson's ever had. Uh, certainly not counting any playoff years because um, they were playing in an era where that didn't happen. Um, but yep, Coach uh, Slummer was back. Got to talk to him beforehand. Um, and I know uh, uh, close to a dozen of his uh, his fellow teammates were back to uh, watch the game and have a bit of a reunion. And uh, I hope everyone had uh, had fun this weekend coming back to watch the game and uh, and reminisce about the, the the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was a it was a fun Friday night. Obviously, the outcome did not go you know the way of the Bulldogs, but there was a lot that was going on there, and I, I thought everything was handled really really well it's 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 getting weird for me now because i still don't view myself as old but now you see players who you covered who are like professionals and adults or their head coaches and things like that it's like maybe i am getting old i I feel like there's uh, moments throughout every day where justin and i text each other and go wow we're old there's something that comes i was just telling one of those stories the other day about where you cut me off and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Oh, we were talking, comparing doctors. Yeah, that's who, what we who were are doing. digestive disease doctors? <laughs> <were>. <laughs> oh, that sounds so much worse than it actually is. Right. But, uh, Good note to wrap up the yes, show on. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, well, again, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure you'll be back again at some point this year. Sounds good. Um, on this show, but probably also on the other show as we like to talk uh Sports, uh, sports betting with you, um, especially as the NFL season comes to a, a head here at the end and uh, around the holidays and we get into the playoffs. We look forward to talking about NFL action with you uh, once the high school football season wraps up. So, um, But that's it for all of us. So for Paul, Justin, and myself here at the Bulldog Hour, that's it. We'll be back in one week. But until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.